This episode of the Flathead Beacon podcast is brought to you by Swenson Real Estate, service before self. With over 30 years experience, they've seen it all. Contact Jeff and Lorena today at 406-253-0033. That's 406-253-0033. Swenson Real Estate, service before self. Returning from a long 4th of July weekend here in the beautiful Flathead Valley, I'm Micah Drew and this is the Flathead Beacon Podcast for Wednesday, July 7th. Glacier National Park covers nearly a million acres of land and yet there are only five entrances that lead to the park's interior. Three of them connect to the iconic 50-mile-long Going to the Sun Road, which bisects the park between West Glacier and St. Mary. On the eastern edge, entrances at Two Medicine and Many Glacier offer visitors access to some of the most picturesque spots in the park. Here on the western edge, the alternative to the Going to the Sun Road is a rustic entrance 20 miles north of West Glacier at Polebridge. The entrance at Polebridge is a washboarded dirt road with limited services and only two real destinations, Bowman Lake and Kintla Lake, both of which require long, rutted-out drives along dirt roads and have very limited parking. Because park officials were expecting record visitation this summer, a ticketed reservation system was implemented to access going to the Sun Road, and the limited number of tickets, which usually sell out within minutes of being released, has turned potential visitors to the less obvious park entrances, oftentimes unprepared for a park experience that's very different than driving along a scenic bypass. Last week, Flathead Beacon Assistant Managing Editor Tristan Scott spent a day in Polebridge to get a read on how rangers, business owners, and visitors were handling the record number of newcomers. If you haven't already, don't forget to grab the latest edition of the Flathead Beacon on newsstands throughout northwest Montana, and you can read Tristan's cover story, Off the Grid and Overrun, about the record visitation in Polebridge. But before we get to Tristan, a reminder that this podcast is made possible in part by the members of the Flathead Beacon Editors Club. Members support all of our journalism in all of its forms, in print, online, and here in the podcast studio, and they do so for as little as $5 per month. Plus, they get some great perks, too. To find out more or join today, check out beaconeditorsclub.com. All right, let's say hello to this week's guest, Assistant Managing Editor Tristan Scott, who I talked to on Tuesday afternoon. All right, I'm joined today by Assistant Managing Editor Tristan Scott. Tristan, thanks for coming on the pod today. Pleasure to be here, Micah. Uh, So I got out in the park this weekend, and you got out in Glacier this weekend. Uh, Where were you? What were you up to? Well, yeah, I did get into the park. It is summer in Montana, so I've been making every effort to, to play in Glacier, of course, because of the reservation system, I, I went in early and uh, was through the west entrance before 5 a.m. and uh, was up high in the mountains uh, by 6.30. So I, I had a lovely time, didn't see many people where I was in a pretty remote corner of the park, but but yeah, cert- certainly the crowds were there. Well, this summer, in order to beat what they expected to be a record number of visitors, everybody should know by now that Glacier National Park did implement a reservation system in order to use going to the Sun Road. Um, There are a few workarounds, like you mentioned, going into the park super early before the 6 a.m. or in the evenings after 5. 
And then you can also go to the other entrances that don't connect directly to going to the Sun Road. And you went up to one of those entrances last week to write a bit about the cover story going up to Polebridge. What was it like when you went up there? Can you paint us kind of a, a picture of what that area was like? Well, so Polebridge, as you noted, is not part of the going to the Sun Road corridor. It's uh, along the western edge of Glacier Park, the northwestern corner. And it has, for decades, been managed as a, a primitive, rustic sort of wilderness threshold of the park. And in recent years, like Glacier as a whole, it has seen a surge of visitation. And that really came to a head um, after the park's centennial celebration and in uh, the National Park Service's centennial celebration in 1916. The following season, 2017, saw Glacier's record number of visitors with more than 3 million people converging on the park. And, and Polebridge has not been an exception to that, despite its dearth of services. So every year, it seems like Polebridge gets a little bit busier. They're, they started implementing closures in 2017, where they're actually swinging the gates, telling visitors, we just can't shoehorn any more cars into these very limited spaces. Um, and it, there's just not very many places for people to go inside the park. So I had a sense that uh, last week going up to Polebridge, it would be busier than normal. And uh, those expectations were were met and then some. Uh, it was incredibly busy. Uh, I was there uh, about 7.30 a.m. It was already sort of bustling in town. And by town, I mean the <laughs> unincorporated community of Polebridge. The where, seven and a half buildings that you can stop at and grab some food and drinks. Exactly. And of course, the, the Polebridge Mercantile um, was open serving pastries and breakfast sandwiches. Uh, but already people were, were moving through the park's entrance. And by about 9.50 a.m., they were having to turn people around because the parking lot at Bowman Lake, which is by far the most popular attraction in the Polebridge district, the North Fork district of Glacier Park had already filled up and Kintla Lake parking lot, which is a much more uh, bumpy and um, much more difficult route and longer than the Bowman Lake access point uh, was beginning to fill up. So that that was, you know, before 10 a.m. on a Wednesday afternoon. So that gives you some indication of what um, what Polebridge is seeing. And and from what I'm hearing, many Glacier, Two Med, you know, these other air segments of the park that do not this summer require uh, an advanced reservation ticket are also getting hammered by these crowds who who show up uh, to either the West Glacier entrance or the St. Mary entrance without a reservation. In some cases, having no idea that this ticketed entry system has been implemented. And then they peel off and head to one of the entrances where a reservation is not required. Um, generally showing up, you know, late morning, midday without much of an itinerary. So these are people showing up in corners of the park that, you know, require something of an itinerary in order to adequately enjoy the park. Um, but they're showing up without really any clue what to do. Just as their last minute backup option. Exactly. It's a plan B. So the Polebridge entrance, I mean, you've mentioned it's it's rustic. It's uh, just kind of meant to be a little more of a wilderness style entrance into the park. It's dirt roads all the way through. There's really only two places you can access trail systems based off of the, the two lakes and there's not many spots. What happened when you were talking to the rangers about the people who do come up thinking they're going to 
drive going to the Sun Road and just do some popular right off the highway hikes. And then they end up in a place like Polebridge where you might need to actually be prepared with uh, a different vehicle or different gear and an actual plan for what you're going to do in the backcountry. Right. So a number of visitors coming to Glacier National Park are doing so because they want to drive the going to the Sun Road, which is a beautiful, scenic 50 mile drive through an alpine byway where you really don't have to get out of your car in order to see this sort of unrivaled mountainscape. Um, but that's not the case when while the, the drive to Polebridge is very beautiful, it's along an unpaved, as you noted, mostly unpaved, very washboarded, uh, lightly maintained road. And the, you know, the views of the Livingston range are absolutely jaw dropping. But at the same time, it's it's not a it's not just a drive. Um, it really in order to enjoy uh, the North Fork, you, you want to get out of your vehicle, ideally go for an extended hike or uh, a backpacking trip. And that's that's traditionally the kind of Glacier Park visitor that went to the North Fork, somebody who was self-reliant, prepared for a multi-day excursion. Um, didn't need a lot of hand holding from the park rangers. Well, conversely, what they're seeing this year is a visitor who was hoping to drive the going to the Sun Road, <laughs> wasn't able to, and so ended up the North Fork again, possibly in a vehicle that isn't equipped for those kinds of rugged conditions and without an itinerary. So they're sort of just uh, left, you know, asking questions with a very rudimentary uh, grasp of what what this section of the park holds. And it's a, it's a, it's a wild chunk of country up the North Fork. You talked to some of the rangers up there. What kind of handholding exactly are they seeing? Is it people that they're just turning away and saying you're not prepared or people that really just need a different understanding or what are they really seeing up there? People that don't maybe have any idea how to change a flat tire, mm -hmm. people who, um, who don't know, you know, the names of the lakes, where, where they're going, what to expect. Um, and also just people who are, are showing up so late because of the, the, the volume of visitors, they're, they're having to close some, as I said, the most popular access points. And so they're just turning people away. And for the most part, folks are understanding. Um, I, I will say that, you know, one of, the, one of the problems that the rangers in the North Fork have encountered are people who drive up there thinking that it is an access point to the going to the Sun Road corridor because their devices told them so. And the North Fork District Ranger last year actually wrote to Apple in order to get them to amend their algorithm so that going to the Sun Road Google searches wouldn't point people to Polebridge, which they had been doing um, just because Glacier Park, Polebridge, going to the Sun Road, those are all um, those are all. Just kind of lumped together in the same search result category uh, phrases that I think exactly that that get clumped together. Um, so they describe that as a small victory, but still people are are coming up there guided by device, you know, having never actually looked at a real map or topographic map of the area, and without a sense of the of the history, and also lacking sort of your basic leave no trace ethics that I think perhaps. Folks up the North Fork took for granted um, for many years that that we all come equipped with those those sort of basic concepts and skill sets. There is definitely a positive side to increased visitation, and that would be for the proprietors of some of the places up there. The Polebridge Mercantile and some of the other actual services, while there are a few, are are they excited to see this volume of people coming through and and coming through the bakeries and 
uh, using their services? Well, it's certainly good for business. And, you know, I spoke with the owners of the Polbridge Mercantile, which, you know, shout out to them. They've done an amazing job um, sort of expanding their offerings without expanding their footprint. You know, they have a food truck now. They can do pizzas. It used to be that um, that they were mainly just a bakery um, and sort of a one-stop shop for things like, you know, chainsaw oil and parachute cord, maybe some some bug spray. But now, uh, now you can go there and, and get a drink, get your requisite Huckleberry Bear Claw, get a pizza. And um, they've managed to do this without, like I said, expanding their footprint. Um, so they, they've done a great job, but they also care about that corner of the park. And as, as a business stakeholder slash partner with the National Park Service, I think they're also concerned about the the overuse um, and the pressure on the natural resources that make the North Fork special. So although I think they, they're uh, having, having a good summer from a business standpoint, they, they, they share the same concerns that the district rangers up there. And, and south of Polbridge at Home Ranch Bottom, uh, new owners Flannery Coates and Danny Friend are doing a remarkable job sort of capturing some of the visitor overflow and offering uh, a really lovely place and a beer garden to hang out, have some pie, have a margarita, enjoy the views, and not necessarily get funneled into these really constrictive corridors that are are being overrun by visitation right now in the North Fork. Well, well I know we don't have official numbers for June, but the numbers that we do have for, for May and the early part of the summer, what exactly are we seeing in terms of record visitation? Well, so we are seeing record visitation, which is surprising because if you've been in the park, I think you'll agree that it does seem fairly mellow. And what's happening is Glacier reported. So the going to the Sun Road just opened uh, June 25th on opening day. Glacier reported a 41% increase in the number of vehicles. This is just vehicles on the Sun Road compared to opening day of the Sun Road in 2019. So they use that as a benchmark because it's a pre-pandemic number that gives a better sense of uh, of visitation. And 2020 was sort of an outlier, a statistical outlier in many respects because of the uh, COVID-19 related restrictions. 41% increase in the number of vehicles on the Sun Road is huge. And what they're saying is that had they not implemented the ticketing system, they would have had to close the west entrance to Glacier at least 15 times because of these spikes in congestion that they get. So what they're seeing is that the ticket entry system is actually sort of smoothing out and sort of spreading out the, the visitation in order to maximize the park's capacity to accommodate these visitation levels without forcing um, these these spikes in uh, these surges in visitation that lead to closures and gridlock and traffic backed up onto Highway 2, which would be totally untenable this summer given uh, the construction that's occurring on the um, on the park's perimeter. The park has put out a couple statements about people who are trying to get in either right before or right after the actual ticketed entry window, so before 6 a.m. and after 5 p.m. that they are seeing backups of cars waiting to to go in then. Have you heard anything else on how they're trying to manage the people who are working around this system? Right. So people uh, people understandably have been looking for hacks in order to, you know, if they if they're caught without uh, a reservation. And when I say caught, I mean if if they show up at the park without a reservation, then 
they will they will try and turn up uh, after 5 p.m. So the park is seeing congestion right at 5 p.m. They're urging people to wait until 5:30 or 6 if they opt to try to enter the park in those evening hours after the reservation requirement expires. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I think people are starting to get that message. They're turning up a little bit later, um, and the, the congestion does seem to be easing. In the morning, before 6 a.m., I don't know what your experience was. Mine is that although there are uh, more cars entering at the west entrance especially, they, it, it's, it's nothing, um, it's not too, too jammed up. And uh, like I said, I was able to cruise through there a little before 5 a.m. on Saturday without any problems, but there were headlights behind me and, uh, and, and certainly people eager to, to see the park. For people who are looking to get reservations, they do go on sale at 8 a.m. every morning for time slots 48 hours in advance, and then you can also get your reservation 60 days out in advance, so that's currently pushing us all the way to end of August, early September, but hopefully anybody who wants to get into the park and can get a reservation will be able to do that. Tristan, thanks for coming up and and filling us in on the latest about the park. Thanks for having me, Micah. We'll be right back. And before we get to this week's headlines, Dr. Mark Remington of Glacier Eye Clinic has a message from our sponsor this week. I've known Jeff for probably around 20 years. Very good friend of mine. He's helped me both personally and professionally in the real estate market. He is super ethical, super knowledgeable. He's prompt. He'll return your calls and he'll steer you in the right direction. As a friend, he's been service before self. Contact Swenson Real Estate at 406-253-0033 today. Thanks again to Tristan for joining the podcast today. His work can be found every week in the Flathead Beacon, as well as online. And he is one of the writers of our daily newsletter. So be sure to subscribe to that to get some of Tristan's thoughts directly in your inbox. Now, here's some more news from the last seven days as of 8 p.m. Tuesday, July 6th. 102 Flathead County residents have died as a result of COVID-19, including at least 10 in the last three months. Fatalities in the county have continued to pile up and hospitalizations have increased even as confirmed new cases have declined, with the county averaging fewer than nine new confirmed COVID-19 cases per day in June, our lowest monthly average in a year. However, the county's sizable unvaccinated population, which is greater than 60%, continues to spread the virus, including variants that are more easily transmissible and cause more serious illness. As of June 24th, Flathead had reported more variant cases than any other county in the state. Over in Billings, federal officials have given preliminary approval to a conservation group's proposal to expand bison grazing on public lands in north-central Montana. The Bureau of Land Management says that there would be no significant environmental impacts from a proposal which covers about 108 square miles south of Malta. This sets the stage for possible final approval of the American Prairie Reserve's plan following a two-month comment period. Months after the Montana legislature legalized recreational marijuana, the Kalispell City Council has begun to brainstorm ways to address marijuana businesses within city limits. At their June 28th work session, city officials began to tackle the issue of legal marijuana. 
Officials are debating whether recreational marijuana dispensaries can be classified under liquor stores and pharmacy requirements, casino requirements, or whether a new zoning category will have to be created. Licensed recreational marijuana dispensaries will be legal as of January 1st of next year, and Kalispell can likely see the first licensed providers looking to open up businesses as early as January 31st. Early on Tuesday morning this week, a grizzly bear attacked and killed a person who was camping near Ovando after previously wandering into the campsite. A team of law enforcement and wildlife specialists has been assembled to track down the bear. This is the second grizzly fatality in Montana this year, but it is believed to be the first fatal bear mauling in the small community of Ovando. And finally, Montana Fish, Wildlife, and Parks is seeking public comment on a proposal to purchase a conservation easement on more than 27,000 acres of timberland near Libby as part of an effort to protect the area for wildlife habitat and recreation while maintaining a working forest. The property is currently owned by Stimson Lumber Company, and under the proposal, the company would retain ownership of the land and continue to sustainably manage it for timber production while precluding development and providing permanent public access and recreational opportunities on the property. That's our show for this week, but before we go, a reminder that the new issue of Flathead Living Magazine is out on stands now, so be sure to pick one up. And as always, you can stay up to date on the latest headlines of the day online at flatheadbeacon.com. Until next week, thanks for listening. <laughs>